Well, hi, everybody. My name is Pastor Jason Jackson. I'm on staff at Sailorville Church. This is our Sailorville podcast. I'm so excited to have you folks along. I'm sitting here with our lead pastor, Pat Nemers, and our newest church planter, uh, John Nemers. We'll hear more about that in just a couple seconds, but uh, just a little bit of history here. I came to the Engage Network in 2016 after having several conversations with Pastor Pat and some other guys here in the network and just was always amazed at what God was doing in the churches here in the network, especially in the area of church planting. And it's really one of the things that was most exciting to my wife Meredith and I about jumping into Sailorville, uh, being a part of a network that was living out Great Commission ministry, in specifically in the realm of planting churches. And so, uh, Pastor Pat, I'm going to kick it over to you and just ask you to tell the Engage Network story for those that Maybe you've heard it. It's a great story. Maybe they have never heard the story of the Engage Network, what it is, how it came about, and maybe what got us here today. Uh, thanks, Jason. I will be very, very brief because this is worth a, a, a single podcast every once in a while. It's such a great story. The Engaged Churches and our motto is that we are gospel-centered churches, planting gospel-centered churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fun story to tell, as you know, from my perspective, because it puts me in my place. Uh, you know, when I came in 1998, uh, planting a church was the farthest thing from my mind. Just seeing this church become a healthy church and a church that was seeing people come to Christ was was paramount on my mind. But Dave Heisterkamp, I was able to mentor him in the process. He went off to pastor another church. And and while we grew, we got to a place where we uh, we did some major remodeling. And then I thought, well, we, not, we ought to build a gymnasium, you know, as we were growing. And, and the monies for that gymnasium were so pitiful. I was I, I didn't know. I didn't even I couldn't even tell our people it was that bad of an offering for the gymnasium. And while I was sort of muttering about it on a Monday morning, Kevin Thomas, who was our counseling pastor at the time, just said across the table, he said, well, maybe it's time for us to plant a church. Mm. And it was almost like I had a spiritual epiphany in the moment. And uh, I knew right away that is exactly what God wanted us to do. Mm. I called up Dave Heischerkamp. We met privately in a in a coffee shop. We hammered out a template, one that we still hold to to a yes. certain degree to this, to this day. Uh, for planting a church, we ended up... Uh, we brought him back here. We worked together. We gathered a core group and we planted Lakeside Fellowship Church in Polk City, Iowa. And in the process, I introduced Dave to Josh Daggett, mm-hmm. uh, who desired to be a part of uh, church planting. He worked with Dave for a couple of years. And what do you know? Out of that came Lakeside Fellowship. And I'm Water. sorry, Living Waters, mm-hmm. uh, Living Waters Fellowship down on the south side. Yep. And then uh, he, he was, we put Greg Pollock, who was converted uh, to Christ under the ministry here at Sarahville, underneath um, Josh Daggett at Living Waters. And a few years later, uh, out of that came High Point Church in Altoona. And then through a friendship with Jason Gerwell, we put him together with Greg, and he would plant Redeemer Church in Winterset. And uh, from there, we have, uh, and the Engage Network has been more dynamic as a result of that. Uh, so as uh, Lakeside Fellowship, our flagship, got to be the, the, the parent church of the next church plant, New City Church in Ankeny, led by Adam Beecher. And then New City Church would then plant the Ballard Creek uh, Church in Huxley, our last uh, church plant. Did I miss any of them? No, you got it. Okay. It's just an amazing family tree. I was yeah. just thinking about that as you're speaking. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the process, this uh, young rebel uh, that uh, was a rebel that uh, was redeemed uh, 
was uh, was then uh, called by God and uh, to uh, to plant a church. And many of you heard last week as John Nemers uh, presented by way of a message and by video. Uh, our vision for the next church plant, the eighth church in the Engage Network, the seventh church plant, Eden Church on the north side of Des Moines. So, John, despite your father taking your thunder there, uh, <laughs> give, just, just give us a <laughs> surprise. Uh, John, just sit back. We'll go ahead and tell your story. <laughs> yeah, sure, go ahead, go ahead. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. <laughs> John, you have been around here for a long time. Yeah. Your last name is Nemers. We, we love your dad, our lead pastor. Um, but tell us, that's the context of the Engage Network, but give us a little bit of personal context here. How, how did you come to know Christ? You you brought up in this church, in this family, mm-hmm. but tell us a little bit about your story, because that's a key part of this whole idea of where you're going and why you're going there. Yeah, yeah. So obviously grew up uh, the youngest of uh, all the Nimmer's kids, and dad being a pastor my entire life, always hearing the gospel, um, never openly rebellious, I wouldn't say, until high school. I uh, just kind of had a turning point in the bad way where I just kind of decided to quit pretending to mm. be a Christian. Uh, and so I just went off and did what I really wanted, what my heart's desire wanted to do, which is just to run away from God and chase after the desires of the flesh and and uh and through that just all sorts of rebellion um you know I grew up ran around uh in in Des Moines with a bunch of my Des Moines friends and that just resulted in a certain lifestyle uh a lot of drugs a lot of a lot of fighting uh not that I necessarily was all that tough but I my friends were so <laughs> I had to at least save face and pretend to be tough and that got me into all sorts of trouble and got kicked out of school for fighting and got arrested and locked up over on the north side at uh, Meyer Hall over there by Grandview University. And um, just as as that life kind of went on, uh, 18 years old, and I was already just to the end of it, I was already just kind of sick of the life that I was living, uh, still thought that that lifestyle was like ultimately going to bring me satisfaction because it looked delightful to the eye, to use biblical terms right there, but uh, it ultimately just left nothing but disaster and, and chaos. And um, and so after I graduated high school, got into another fight at a different party, this time got my shoulder dislocated, and, and my brother, who God had gotten a hold of his heart the year prior, and I had seen just a major change in his life, and it really was the aroma of Christ in his life that was super appealing to me, mm. uh, but I didn't really want to go down that road because I, you know, my, my whole family was bunch of Christians, and I thought that that life was not going to be all that satisfying. So um, I, I kind of pushed that off for a while, but he was the one who really looked at me and said, man, you really need to reconsider uh, this whole Jesus guy, uh, mm-hmm. essentially. Wow. And, uh, and so I did. I, uh, um, that summer, that 2012, that summer, uh, late summer was when God was really working on my heart, and uh, I was ready to uh, to really surrender to Jesus, just really searching Him out, and eventually just went to a church camp. Literally, I told my friend, 
I really don't even care to make any friends at camp, which is bizarre because everyone goes to camp to meet friends. And I was like, I don't care if we make one single friend. Like, I just want to go hear the gospel and get away from the family, you know, like the whole normal circles that you're running around in. And and that's what happened. I heard the gospel and my heart was, Jesus was just irresistible to mm-hmm. me at that point. And at the age of 18, that's when I got saved. Wasn't perfect. Uh, definitely a lot of bumps in the road as I matured and uh, especially over the next few years, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I where what happened to me. So yeah, I I love that story, John. We've just gotten to know each other since I came to Sailorville several years ago. But so I didn't know you back then. But um, one of the reasons I love that part of your story is that um, that rebellion, that sin, it it is part of all of our stories, whether we want to admit it or not. And it looked different for you maybe than it does for for me or somebody else. But that is a common thread in all of our stories, that rebellion. And, and another thing that I love about that is um, your brother Daniel mm-hmm. was influential in your life. And I wonder if there's some people listening to this that are either Daniel, that should be influencing someone close to them for the gospel, or maybe they're John, like you, and they are being influenced right now by a Daniel. And maybe God is using this story and maybe some other circumstances to draw him that person closer to to the, to to God Himself. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell us uh, how the the vocational ministry thing came about. I mean, you grew up in a ministry yep. home, but weren't yep. real interested in it for a long time. It sounds like. So, mm-hmm. how did that happen? And then lead us a little bit to where we are right now, when God has called you to plant a church. We believe. Yeah, almost like I could just pick it right back yeah. up where I left off in my story. I you know I got saved at eighteen. Um, at at nineteen. Uh, just the very next year, I, I, baby Christian, I stopped doing a bunch of hard drugs, but still, you know, drinking and going out to parties and and uh, um, smoking a lot of weed. Uh, and I, I just knew I needed to get out of Des Moines, essentially, just to break away. And so, my, I had a couple of siblings that went to Clark Summit university out there in Pennsylvania, no interest in going into ministry at all. I literally just thought, I just need to get out of Des Moines. Mm. And so I uh, somewhat wisely and unwisely just decided to go out to Pennsylvania, not really thinking about how much it would cost or anything like that for (laughs) college, and went out there, um, uh, was there for one semester. That's where I met my wife, uh, and we started dating. and as as you know as as because I was a baby Christian, we ended up falling right back into the same lifestyle that I had with uh, previous relationships. And as God's providence would have it, um, this time as a believer, He wouldn't let me get away with my sin where I did before. Mm. He outed my sin, and uh, and we got pregnant uh, at at the end of our nineteen uh, at, at the age of nineteen. Um, and, uh, but we were, we were on track to getting married as our relationship was going. And so, uh, she, I had to come back to Iowa cause I couldn't afford, uh, college. And she came out to Iowa where we got engaged that next summer and we ended up getting married. And when we were 20 and had our, had our, our first boy Carter John, um, when we were 20 and at that point still didn't know I was called to ministry at all. I just had one semester of college under my belt and, and just trying to support a family on $14 an hour working at a warehouse, you know? So it was, uh, don't really know how God did it, but he did it. He Mm. got us through, but it was after our second kid, actually, Zion, um, when I was 22, I believe, 
um, I just kind of reassessing my life, thinking through my, my, my passions and always had a passion after I got saved to talk to people about Jesus, um, loved studying, loved learning about the Lord after my salvation, which was brand new to me because I was never a good student. Still, learning comes hard to me, uh, but after I got saved, that's just what God kind of put into my heart. And so at the age of 22, I kind of looked around and thought, man, I'm really not all that talented at much of anything except for studying the Bible and telling people about Jesus. And so I thought, you know what, I might go back to school just to see if God's calling me into ministry. And he was. He, I went back online because I had two kids at that time and um, started getting my degree online. And, and then you guys, Sayleville Church, approached me to do an internship and I jumped at that opportunity, and God just super confirmed that ministry is where I have you. Uh, you're not talented at anything else, so don't even try <laughs> it. Um, and so that's that's that was our start into ministry. And then as the internship progressed, Kaylee and I were really thinking through whether God was calling us into uh, missions, mm-hmm. uh, calling us into doing what we uh, were doing full-time at Sayleville eventually, which was being the evangelism uh, director and continuing to teach and preach and whatnot, uh, or to to go to be a lead guy, whether that be at a random church or or uh, church planting, and and God kind of whittled that down to um, church or lead lead church planting, um, and so through a myriad of circumstances. But yeah, long story short, that's that's how we mm. became the next church planters. Yeah, so. That's where we want to get with with this story and with this podcast. Get some information out there and some vision and stuff. But I I can't get past this idea that your dad is sitting right next to you and he's watching all of this as you grow up, as you end up in jail, as you go to you know Bible college for a semester, as you get pregnant, as you come back, you, you're you're maybe floundering just a little bit. Um, God continues to press on you and encourage you and challenge you, and you end up here as an intern, and then you know the story sort of progresses from there. So what what's it like to watch as a pastor and as a dad and to be um, courtside for this God story in your son's life and in the others' lives that are around him. Well, I think uh, the Apostle John put it best when he said, I have no greater joy than when my children walk in truth. Uh, but I also appreciate the fact that, John, even in, even in your abbreviated part of your story here, you didn't sugarcoat it at all. I mean, we don't want people under the... It's it's wonderful when somebody comes to Christ and they're uh, laden with sins and lifestyles that are destructive, that they just completely leave it all and follow Jesus. And that is often what happens. That certain, that, that actually happened with me, but not really. I mean, I, I was, you know, I smoked a lot of weed, but it was only for a few weeks and God broke me of that, some other things. But with you, there was some, there were some genuine ups and downs. You were young, very mature, and uh, no excuses for your sins, but but the trajectory was there. When Once he trusted Christ, you could tell that there was a conscience that was not there before. Mm. So it was a joy to watch him work through some of those things. Uh, you know, far cry from seeing a guy, you know, being happy, just to see him stay out of jail, you yeah. know, to a guy who's actually honestly and genuinely and hotly pursuing the Lord. Mm. So great joy to watch all this happen, to be a part of it and to interact with them. And to, I can still remember a conversation I had with John um, uh, a couple of years after he got saved. And it was about the time he 
went back to school when he said, Dad, I, I just can't think of anything other than the things of the Lord and yeah. the Bible and talking to people about the Lord. I said, John, you, you're describing the call to ministry. Wow. And uh, that was a conversation we had on the phone one day. I don't even know if he remembers that. But um, so great joy to watch this and uh, and see all this come to fruition, you know, to come on staff here mm-hmm. uh, as our evangelism director <clears throat> and really did a great job. Yeah mentored by men like Chuck DeClean beforehand in that regard, and you, of course, Jason, as well, very much so. And uh, and then to become our next uh, resident for church planting, and here you are, ready to do it again. Yeah. I should just give this caveat. Not every pastor on staff smoked a lot of weed um, <laughs> as they were growing up, so just in case we get the wrong idea. Just the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not all of us. Not all of us. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so John, your your dad just mentioned it. You are a church planting resident, so that's yeah. been a, a, it's been about an eighteen month process, and uh, it's something that we have as a flexible framework here in our network. I I love working with our residents, and our other lead guys are of course pouring in as well. Um, but now you're at a place where uh, you're you're really really got your feet on the ground. I mean, the rubber meets the road. You you presented this last Sunday. You mm-hmm. preached. Give us just the quick Cliff Notes version of where you're going, church name, of course, and and a little bit of the vision, what you presented on Sunday for our people. Yeah, yeah, super exciting, and it really is. It's uh, it's the new chapter in our life that the page is getting turned, and so mm-hmm. we're, we're pumped. I say we, Kaylee and I, we're just, she's she's been a rock star in all of this, and right there by my side. Um, that the name of the church is Eden Church. Unpack and that a little bit, not just a yeah. like a fancy name, but what is? Oh no, yeah, we didn't just pull it out of a book and yeah. just <laughs> decide to run with it because it sounded cool. Uh, we're going to the north side of Des Moines again because I am a north side kid. I always like to say that you know I'm 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 more of a Walmart guy than a Target guy, so that's <laughs> just my personality, and so I fit better in in uh, in Des Moines than I do in in West Des Moines. So uh, we decided with the name Eden because God was really uh, working me over uh, and working on my heart to, to really understand what the church was, what, what God's overarching plan for redemptive history is, uh, where it started, where it's going, uh, how it's going to end up. And, uh, and just what, what really tattooed me was just in my personal devotions, I was just reading through 1 Corinthians, and in 1 Corinthians 6, you have Paul say that the individual Christians are the temple of God, mm-hmm. uh, and then in 1 Corinthians 3.16, he says that the church together, made up of the individuals, are the temple of God. And I was just meditating on that, and it was just utterly captivating uh, this idea that that the Christian is the place where the presence of God dwells on earth, mm. um, and that Christian is an aroma. Uh, it's an it's an aroma of life, or they ought to be at least everywhere they go. Uh, they are literally, as I said in my message, they're a walking holy place. They're a walking temple. They're a walking Garden of Eden, the place where God's presence dwells, where life is, um, and that impacts every aspect of your life. Uh, it impacts uh, just the conversations you have with people. Of course, it, it impacts the way that you interact with non-believers uh, because they should be sensing that you have something like eternal life and you have the answer to that. Uh, and so either way, that that thought was captivating to me. And I said, 
whatever that looks like, I want this church to be that. And so through that, it birthed Eden Church um, for a number of reasons, uh, but one of which being it sounds better than tabernacle or temple. So, <laughs> and your slogan is "Eating good in the neighborhood." Right? Yes, oh, oh, eating that, good in the neighborhood. Isn't that what one of our guys said? is right? Yeah. Actually, you do have a really great phrase that you you've used several times now, and I love it. Uh, Eden Church exists to yeah, helping you find and follow your Creator. Yeah. Um, so I fleshed that out a little bit at the very end of my message, but yeah, I mean, that, that encapsulates the entire, uh, mandate for this church, Mm -hmm. uh, that we want to help those who don't know how to access a relationship with their creator. They don't know where they can find that. And we want to help them find that. Um, and it's definitely through realizing that God's holy, they're not, and they need someone Uh, They need God himself to do something about that, and that's Jesus. Uh, So we want to help the North Side find their creator first. Mm -hmm. And then once they find him, we want, once they're in that community, once they're in that church, that Eden, uh, we we want to help them follow their creator until until they go meet their creator, right? So yeah, that that encapsulates the evangelistic side of uh, this church and then the discipleship side of the church, so... One of the things I appreciated on Sunday when you shared that, and we'll link to that message and maybe the video, uh, the, the sort of the announcement video in this podcast, we'll link to that. Uh, you had three different groups of people that you believe God is really calling your church to um, to influence and, and to minister to. Yeah. The Help me out here, the neighbor, mm-hmm. the, the neglected, yeah. and the nomad. Yes, right? you remembered. Uh, I love those. I, I love those categories. I love that. It's very descriptive. Yeah. And that may answer some a question that some people might have. For those of you that don't know where we're located, Sailorville Church is actually on the very, very north side mm-hmm. of Des Moines. I mean, we're literally hundreds of yards from where the north side of Des Moines turns into Ankeny, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people might ask, why plant on the north side, which is a large area, yeah. but it's in the same general area as our mother church right here yeah. uh, in which building we're sitting. Maybe that's a question for both of you. Why so close to Sailorville Church? Why do we need another church? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I love the analogy. I can't remember where I heard it. I think it was in a book uh, where you use like the celery test where you if you're going to the if you're going to this grocery store and and you got all this stuff, you know, you got celery, you got apples, you got chips, you got pizza that you're buying and and the cashier asks you well, like what are you trying how are you trying to eat and you say, "Well, I'm I'm trying to eat healthy, but I don't know what I should buy." And then the cashier just obviously looks at your choice and says, "Well, just get rid of the junk food over here. Like, just go with the celery. Just go with what's healthy." It's quite obvious when you start mm-hmm. asking the right questions. And uh, I like that analogy because um, those three categories—the uh, the neighbors, uh, the neglected, and the the spiritual nomads—those are essentially our our uh, our celery test at at Eden Church, or what will be our celery test at Eden Church, and we've we've said that once you get past, once you go south past the interstate um, going towards Des Moines, it really does, it, it's a different world down yeah. there. Uh, it's, it's a different world from Sailor Township, and then a completely different world from Ankeny, mm-hmm. and so we really want to be focused on who we're trying to minister to, uh, and we believe that 
that's a calling that God has specifically equipped a church to be able to do, and we want to be that church to minister to those types of people on the north side of Des Moines um, that I think we'll just have a voice to, and I'll let you say mm-hmm. something about Sayleville Church. We do draw people from the north side of Des Moines. We're sort of a regional kinds of kind of church, but why so close? Well, I think John answered the question pretty well. I, I would agree that the the interstate is sort of the demarcation between uh, north and south. I, we might answer it differently. Sailorville Church, sometimes I call it affectionately Ankeny South. Yeah. I mean, it, we're not technically in Ankeny. Half our people are from Ankeny. Yep. And, uh, but we have really close direct connections to uh, the Johnston area and, and, uh, but not so much beyond the interstate. We do have some, a number of families and thankfully because of our evangelistic emphasis, we have won a number of people to Christ that are in the, uh, the, uh, North Des Moines area. And thankfully a number of those individuals are thinking about going with you and mm-hmm. which, which is pretty exciting, mm-hmm. John. And, but it's, it's really just a different jurisdiction, which makes it a great place and a very needy place. For us to bring the gospel, we're excited about Eden Church going there. I've been thinking, even on the way uh, walking into this room this afternoon, of the Acts 1-8 model, right? Jerusalem, let's say that's Sailorville Church and our immediate surrounding, Judea, Samaria. Different culture, same language, but very different demographic, and then, of course, the ends of the earth. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the, the, the true north side of Des Moines is a very different culture than most of the demographic that Sailorville Church draws, and I love that. I think we need gospel-centered churches in that demographic, as we do in Ankeny and, and beyond. So I, I really love that uh, that philosophy, John. Thank you. Um, what are some next steps, John, for some people uh, that are listening to this that may have questions, that may be interested? Um, what would you like them to do after hearing this podcast or even hearing your presentation on Sunday morning? Yeah, the big the big one is this upcoming Sunday, we have an informational meeting, and that will be huge for a number of reasons, just one of which you're just going to get a lot more information. You're hopefully, you're, the caricature that you have in your mind will become a little bit clearer, and uh, so I would definitely say come to that. I, that that's during the third service, the 11 o'clock service. Um, obviously, I know that not everyone is going to be able to make that uh, but after the informational meeting, that's when the applications will be officially uh, um, sent out. And so that would be a next step as well, that if you're interested, fill out an application. And uh, and so then I'll, I'll have that information down, and then we can have a conversation about setting up an interview. And Because um, that's kind of the process. You, you, you fill out the application, then we'll start to uh, do the interviews, which is you essentially just coming over to my house with my wife and I, and we just have a conversation. Uh, and uh, and then we kind of progress forward from there. Okay, so informational meeting, yep. if you can be. That's this Sunday uh, during the third service, and, uh, and then beyond that application potentially, and then some mm-hmm. conversations with you and Kaylee. Um, so Pastor Pat, we, we are... The, the sending church, the mother church, if you will, here. What does that mean to our church? Are there responsibilities, blessings? What does that mean for us to be the sending church here, getting ready to launch John and Kaylee into Eden Church? Well, first of all, before I answer that question, I was going to say, in addition, John, I would say that video that we showed has already been watched nearly 3,000 times. Mm. 
and many, many people have shared it. So I, my guess is most people listening to this have watched it. But if you haven't watched it, go online and watch it. It's only about three minutes long. It's the most descriptive video I can think of ever watching that uh, really encapsulates what your what your vision is. And so I would ask the listeners to watch that video. Yeah. To the answer to the question, uh, you know, we have a philosophy. I, I to go to harken back to the vision of the Engage Network 17, 18 years ago. Uh, in that coffee shop, we uh, we had a one hundred fifty and twenty five and and be uh, you know percentage wise in helping people. So w- the sending church uh, in the Engage Network and Sayreville would be the sending church for Eden Church. We you know we supply one hundred percent of that church planter's needs in his first year. Allow, that allows the church, allows him to stay on his feet, not have to be a tent maker, mm-hmm. um, not worry about where the monies are going to come from. Uh, but at the same time, monies will be coming in through you know tithes and offerings and this and that. And after, after a year, we cut that in half. We continue to support them by 50%. And then after the next year, going into the third year, we cut it to 25%. And then after that, Lord willing, he's completely on his own. Uh, so that's one way we support it. Uh, the, the sending church, we're we're basically saying to John and anyone else we 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 send out, we are totally behind you, not just with money, but also with lots of resources. We we raise up piles of money to go to them to get get started. We do that here as well, and then the most important resource of all, human resources. And uh, it was just a joy to see after John preached on Sunday. There there are uh, several people, and I can't, I don't know, I'm not going to venture to throw any numbers out there, but several people mm-hmm. that are ready, willing, and ready to go with John. And some will have to move and all that. This is, there's a lot of movement. It means us encouraging people who work with John to, um, to move actually into that area, into that jurisdiction so that they can really be neighbors right? Mm-hmm. I mean, with the people they're trying to neighbor with. Mm. Um, it means that. It means that we will have the emotional, biblical support that will be there for him and being close to it. And it is going to be close, but being close will we'll actually help John and company as they get going. So there's so many other things, but those are some of the things we do. Being com- And then you got the, the resources of the Engaged Network, not just Sailorville Church, but all the other pastors and associate pastors and people who love the Engaged Network and are praying for John and encouraging him. Yeah. It's a big responsibility, massive blessing, just a great part of being in the family of God here, specifically in the Engaged Network. John, wrap us up. Tell us a little bit about how we can pray, and then final words before we sign off. Yeah, I, I'd say the final thing uh, that you can pray for us is just the biggest thing is wisdom. We we're, we acknowledge the fact that we're 28 years old, right? Mm. Um, we know that God's called us to the north side, but there are many times where I, I uh, in fact, I've gone back to the uh, the story of Solomon at the beginning of his reign many times, not comparing myself to a king by any means, <laughs> but I mean, just the fact that he goes, look, Lord, I am just a child. I don't know how to go in and I don't know how to go out, mm. uh, is what he says. And, um, and there, uh, that's true. I mean, there, there's just, a, there's just a reality to the fact that God, God, needs to give us wisdom and he has he's given us wisdom in, in many ways and and we are just really excited about um uh just 
just how all this is going to go down and, mm-hmm. and just to see God get the credit for it because I know I know myself and this church is not going to be successful because of talent by any means, but it will be successful if, if the Spirit of God's in it and uh, and He works. And so we're confident in that. So that's, that's what you can be praying for and, and specifically just for souls. You know, we've been... Uh, we've been uh, um, doing prayer walks. Me and, and some of my friends who have already uh, told me that they're that they're planning on coming with us. We've been doing prayer walks around the north side for uh, the summer. So we uh, really are just hoping that God would just give us some great, great uh, evangelistic opportunities and just see a lot of people come to Christ. And so that'd be the biggest biggest ones: Amen. wisdom and souls. Yeah. That's awesome. John, we're incredibly excited for you and Kaylee and what God is about to do and what he's already done. And uh, we're really looking forward to continuing this conversation. Pastor Pat, thanks so much for leading in this and um, for, for walking through the tough stuff and the joyful stuff and, and everything in between. And we're looking forward to seeing many go with you and uh, many souls, as you said. So we're excited. Listeners, um, I just ask you to consider how might God have you respond to all of this. Um, some of you will go, some of you can give, and and all of you can pray. So uh, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be talking about this and to be right in the middle of your will, we pray. We're excited to see what you continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen.